Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell, and man, does it feel good to be back after my hiatus away from the podcast as I was on vacation. It feels good. There was a couple times where I felt like trying to do the podcast on my phone, but I'm happy to be back right now talking to y'all, and let's get this episode started. We're going to start things off by first talking about Probably the biggest news in the NFL as of right now. Does Julio Jones want out of Atlanta? Uh, yesterday, on Monday in the afternoon, Shannon Sharp had called Julio Jones live on TV on Skip and Shannon Undisputed and asked pretty much if... Julio wanted to go to Dallas. And then he asked, oh, are you going back to Atlanta? And Julio said, no, man, we're we're out of Atlanta. I'm out of Atlanta. Which, quite frankly, as a Falcons fan, at, like, yes, it hurts. I'm sure no Falcons fan said this or saw that and said, good, yeah, that's great. But I understand why he wants out. I mean, future Hall of Famer, best one of the best wide receivers in the league over the past decade. Uh, just a transcendent talent. And quite frankly, he has been, hasn't gotten what he's ultimately wanted. He's won a Super Bowl ring. He wants to win. And I don't blame him. Atlanta last year did not do good, as any football fan would know. Now, is he going to leave? That's the question. It was reported that he had requested a trade a couple months ago, and the Falcons responded with that they would listen to offers. Now, they said that they would listen. does not mean that they're going to trade him. Uh... I personally believe like a lot of Falcons fans will get upset about this and be annoyed with me over this. If the Falcons are offered a second round draft pick and some or some other compensation, I would take it. Julio has a massive cap number. As long as this other team is willing to take on that entire cap number, I would take that deal. If I'm offered a second, if if they're offered a first from any team, that alone, yes, take it. As long as they're taking on that massive cap number, take it, Atlanta. Uh, would it suck? Yes, I'm. Julio is easily my favorite wide receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, possibly my favorite receiver ever. And I mean, as a Falcons fan. Yes, it, like I said, it will suck to see him gone, but if you're a Falcons fan, like try and look at it from Julio's perspective. And don't be acting like we've been good these past couple of years. We haven't. I remember when Falcons fans hated Steve Sarkeesian, a.k.a. Star, or Sark, and pretty much everyone was saying, Fire Sark! We, we want Dirk Cutter, which I knew that was a terrible idea. Sark was definitely the better OC. Uh, it may not have been as flashy, as, like, but we, we were blinded by what we had with Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan had all the flashy plays. We looked incredibly explosive. And then we went to Sark, who was just meh but very productive. And we wanted to get Dirk Cutter back. Someone who has already failed as an OC with us before. Someone who failed with Tampa Bay's offense, made their Tampa Bay, or made their offense look bad. And what happened? Dirk Cutter came to town. Dirk Cutter... Did what he always has done. Performed under underperformed.
as the OC of the Atlanta Falcons. And this is where I would really suggest fans to stop thinking, like being so reactionary, especially Falcons fans, since I want to see the Falcons win. Uh, granted, if they don't, I get it. But you got to understand, Julio has been... He, he's gone through hell, essentially. He's put his body on the line. Granted, all these players are. Every single player in the NFL puts his body on the line. But Julio has played through multiple injuries. He He's really been the ultimate soldier for a team. And quite frankly, if he wants out because he feels he can win somewhere else, let him go. Like, you, you got to understand that this is how the NFL works. I know that there's a lot of Falcons fans who will say, oh, how are you saying that we should let a transcendent, like, top 10 wide receiver in NFL history go for just a second-round pick? Randy Moss went to the Patriots for a fourth. And then was traded from the Patriots to the Vikings for a third. And then he didn't even, he wasn't even kept on the team. He didn't make the roster for the Vikings. Players are traded all the time. If Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Brett Favre, uh, Peyton Manning can leave their team, whether it be free agency or through trade. Uh, a transcendent wide receiver can too. Uh, I know not a lot of people are the biggest fan of Colin Coward, but he does have one like perspective that I truly agree with. Wide receivers are the frosting on the cake. They're not the cake. The cake is your quarterback, a great offensive line, wide receivers, transcendent running backs. They're the frosting. They just add to it. Tom Brady, gonna bring Tom Brady into this, has won multiple games with no-name receivers. If you can tell me from that 2007 Super Bowl uh, team where they just they went undefeated and only lost in the Super Bowl. The other wide receivers, besides Randy Moss, let's, let's take Randy Moss out of there, that were on the roster from the beginning of the year to the end, from like the start of training camp to the end of training or to the end of the season. I, I would love to hear it because most people don't know the names. They. The only big name, you only need one big name weapon, really. And just like with cake, yes, you do want a little bit of frosting. You don't need all these transcendent talents. And, like, look at what the Falcons have right now. If you're a Falcons fan, you have to look at what the Falcons have. They have Matt Ryan, who we all, or we as Falcons fans, believe he is still has some left in the tank. I I do as well. Although I wish I would have seen them draft Justin Fields and have him sit behind Matt Ryan to develop for a year or two. I understand that they feel he still has talent because he, he is still a very talented quarterback. But we have Matt Ryan. We have Mike Davis, who looks like a freak show that thus far on social media, and was pretty solid for the uh, Carolina Panthers last year. We, at the moment, have Julio Jones. We have Calvin Ridley. If you're a Falcons fan, you know who Russell Gage is, and you know the danger that he is to opposing defenses. We have Hayden Hurst, and now we have Kyle Pitts. And just actually, as of about... 20, 30 minutes ago, 
the Falcons added a, another wide receiver who isn't by any means a big-name wide receiver, but they add Tajay Sharp, from, who was previously with the Tennessee Titans. They have weapons. They, they have an abundance of weapons, really. And I feel as though if they keep Julio Jones on the team this year, it, it might it might actually benefit them. It might. Because if the Falcons do good and they make a playoff run, then yes, it would be amazing to have Julio on the team. Because there's a chance that they could go to the Super Bowl because the amount of talent they have on the offense. And for those people who say, yeah, what about their terrible defense, though? Yeah, in 2012, they had a terrible defense. And... They went to the NFC Championship game and just barely lost to the San Francisco 49ers on a bullcrap, no-pass interference call when, I believe it was Navarro Bowman, tackled Roddy White early. And you can search it up. You can easily find that play. Uh, If penalty would have been called, it would have given the Falcons a first down. And they would have been able to get into the end zone. They were one of the most proficient red zone offenses that year. But that that's been the past. But if Julio does return with the Falcons as well, and say the Falcons aren't doing good, and you know, the trade deadline's coming up, there's gonna be a team that will trade for Julio. And they will offer a lot more than what they'll trade now. Because right now, Falcons fans know what Julio Jones is. Yes, there's fans in the NFL that know what he is, but they don't really know. And Falcons fans understand what I mean when I say that. Like, they know what he is because they've seen him. They've watched his games. But to the casual fan, you don't really know Julio Jones. You know him for your fantasy team, you know him for his name, but you haven't watched what he's done even when he's injured. You haven't seen the fact that when he's injured, he's still the best wide receiver on the field. And for my team, I would love to see Julio back, but I understand that Julio might want to be gone from the Falcons and he, I, I don't blame him. Like, he, if he finds a team, if he was traded to the Chiefs, for instance, I won't blame him at all. The Chiefs are still in a Super Bowl window. If he was traded to the Bills, the Packers, I would prefer him to go to the Packers if Aaron Rodgers is still there. And that is not because I'm from Wisconsin. It's more because I feel like the Packers would give him the best chance to win a Super Bowl. The Colts, I would understand it completely because as of right now, based on last year, the best opportunity Julio Jones would have would be with one of those teams to win a Super Bowl over the Falcons. And, I mean, Julio, he... I believe if he's healthy this year, he's going to return to top three form. And some of you might doubt that. But look at his stats from last year. And he was injured the entire year, really. He was dealing with a nagging uh, hamstring injuries. If he returns to proper form, even 80 or 90% form, he will definitely be a top three wide receiver. Quite frankly, I would probably end up putting him at number one. And honestly, like, (laughs) he might be old, but he still is a very, very good wide receiver. And if he decides to go anywhere, I hope that he would choose the Packers. Uh, If not, maybe the Titans. But I don't know. But when we return, we will be continuing on the subject. And more from the perspective of, did he know that what he was saying 
was being announced on live TV on Skip and Shannon Undisputed when we return after this. Welcome back. This is Football News and Knowledge. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, as we were talking about in the previous segment about Julio Jones and whether or not he is going to be leaving the Atlanta Falcons, uh, we briefly talked about how he was on Skip and Shannon, Skip and Shannon Undisputed uh, over the phone, speaking with Shan Sharp, and pretty much Julio said he's out, he's done in Atlanta, uh, that's essentially what he was saying, and it kind of begs the question, did Julio know he was live on TV when he said that, when he was speaking with Shannon Sharp. Something tells me that Julio himself, as a player, and his agent, Jimmy Sexton, who represents some other big-name players, such as Derrick Henry, he represented Philip Rivers, Daniel Jones, Ndamukong Sue, Lammy Tunzel, Sam Darnold. I feel like his agent or even himself would have been smart enough to realize that's not really something you should be saying on public TV waves or airwaves. Like, it's just not a good image for the player. And it, it, I'm genuinely wondering did. Shannon Sharp tell Julio, hey, you're going to be on the air when you're saying this, when I call you. Like, I feel like he probably should have sent him a text at least before calling him, letting him know, hey, just so you know, you're going to be on TV when you're sent, when I call you. So be aware of that because right now, Shannon Sharp just made Julio Jones look really bad if that is the case. If Julio Jones knew and he said, I don't care, I'm still going to say it, then that's fine. Julio Jones, he he's fine with digging that hole and jumping into it and that and to climb himself out of it. But I, I can't help but feel like, I mean, I feel like any smart player, I feel like Antonio Brown, who everyone says is a fool and an idiot, which I don't believe, but like, I feel like people would even agree with me that Antonio Brown wouldn't make that mistake. So I feel like that's going to be a, a question that's raised over the next couple hours or days. And we're going to find out if Julio did know, because I, I can't help but think Jimmy Sexton, a historically good agent to NFL players had to have told Julio or if he knew about this, he would have told Julio, no, you are not going to say that on live air. He probably would have told him, this is what you got to say. Uh, don't dig yourself into a hole that you can't climb out of. And I'm not saying Julio can't climb out of this hole. I think no matter what, he'll be fine, but it's still not a good image. I mean, it's almost with the Aaron Rodgers situation, which we'll talk about in a little bit, how Aaron Rodgers, you know what we're going to talk about now, Aaron Rodgers with how he has kind of said how he wants out of Green Bay and everything, and he wants Mark Murphy in the front office fired and Quite frankly, like Julio Jones, like it, it's just not a good look for him. And with Aaron Rodgers, it's not a good look for him either if he ends up being back on the Packers. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up Aaron Rodgers is because OTAs started yesterday on Monday, and Aaron Rodgers did not show up to OTAs, which 
will equate to about a $50,000 fine if he doesn't show up at all, from what I understand, or $50,000 a day. Uh, and as someone who has been following this extensively, everything that's everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers and what he's been saying and how he kind of feels towards the way the front office has molded the Green Bay Packers franchise. I mean, a couple weeks ago, from what I was hearing around league circles, is that there's about a 75% chance that he was going to be gone. And there still is a chance that he's going to be gone from the Packers before the start of the season. Uh, I'm now more trending towards it's a 50-50 chance. So for Packers fans, yes, I'm sure you are happy about that. Uh, I, I don't think it really means a lot, though. I think that he, the only reason why he's still with the team is not because the fact that it, I don't think he really wants to be with the team anymore, given what he's been saying, for one. But then the fact that his contract number is so high, it would be cap hell if they traded him and weren't able to unload his entire contract. And with the team that they have right now, technically in the Super Bowl window just need maybe one good wide receiver aka go after Julio Jones Green Bay do it he wants out go get him but without getting rid of that full contract it would be it, it would completely screw the Green Bay Packers for one Two, they are in the Super Bowl window, so they are going to be screwed. I don't think they are comfortable at this time going into the season with Jordan Love at quarterback with Blake Bortles backing him up. I think that they would prefer that Jordan Love develops a little bit more. And, you know, the, the question is, is Aaron Rodgers going to play ball? I mean, I think he will. I think he'll eventually show up. I don't think... He's really going to talk to Brian Co to Gutekunst or to the front people in the front office. He he said he loves all the players. He loves Jordan Love even. He likes all of his coaches. It's the front office he has an issue with. And based on how the Packers, the talented players they've drafted during this regime, I don't think that the... Packers ownership, aka, aka the fan base, but really just the highest part of the Packers is going to move on from this front office because, quite frankly, they have built a very good team with Gutekunst leading the charge. And uh, I mean, it's hard to say what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I would hope that he would stay with Green Bay. I could definitely, if he does go anywhere, I do believe he would go to Denver. It says a lot that during this time, the win totals uh, by Vegas bookies have been taken down for the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. It really raises a question of, how how is how, how are these teams going to look at the start of the season to be honest uh even if Aaron Rodgers stays with the Packers is he going to be all in i think he will but like is he going to be uh the fact that he isn't showing up to OTAs is he going to hold out from other team events and stuff is he He's kind of been preaching, you know, uh, faith, family, football. And it's kind of, and I'm not trying to take a jab at Aaron Rodgers here at all because everyone has their own family issues. But the fact that 
he doesn't really talk to his family that much. And I get, I, I have, there's, I know people who have family issues. I have family issues. I totally understand it. But it's kind of hard to like stand by that comment of faith family football when you yourself do not actually really have that much communication with your family. And I'm not going to judge him about that. He has his reasons for that. I, Everyone has their reasons for doing things and for why they view things. So I'm sure he has a good reason for not talking to his family all these people knocking him saying oh he doesn't like talk to his family or whatever that's his business that's none of ours but the fact that he is preaching faith family football and he's not really a family guy it's kind of a bad look and if he misses for those who don't know green bay packers players every year ride bikes the bikes of like little little kids bikes with the kids like walking by them if aaron Rodgers misses that something that is almost like a big deal for the packers and like the fan base will that burn the bridges the final the final will that burn the final layer of the bridge that will collapse the relationship between Packers fans and Aaron Rodgers because I can tell you this I part-time bartend at a sports bar a lot of people are not high on Aaron Rodgers right now in in green or in Wisconsin they are calling him stupid I I stand by Aaron Rodgers fully on this I get why he wants to go to a different team the Packers have not put a team around him to help him succeed and help the offense succeed. It's been, he has been the entire offense. And yes, I know I've said in the past and other people have said, you know, he has Devonte Adams, who is an all pro last year. They had, he had Aaron Jones, who was a top five running back statistically last year. He had a great offensive line. But the thing is, when your best weapon on offense is your quarterback who can throw the ball to any part of the field, any, anywhere, you don't need a great running back or even a good running back. You, you hope to have a solid run running back, but like you don't need a good or great running back. What you need is a lot of pass catchers because you're going to be able to get that ball down the field quicker. You're going to get touchdowns quicker. And you're going to be able to run up that score to where teams can't come back. And for those who don't believe me, look at what the Chiefs did. Chiefs have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm, they had Sammy Watkins, who I know wasn't healthy at all last year. But, like, they, they have these guys who have the capability to taking a a ball the entire distance to the field. And Aaron Rodgers only really has Devontae Adams. So let, let's take another example. Buccaneers, uh, first of all, I'm going to finish with the Chiefs. They also have Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, I'm pretty sure they just signed recently earned this offseason Antonio Callaway which granted he hasn't been like a big name player but he still looked solid in the preseason with the Browns even someone who would look solid if the Packers were to sign them would be nice granted I understand Devin Funches might be actually coming back to the Packers after being a year away from COVID we don't know how that's going to translate uh I think the potential's good, but if you asked any Packer fan who would they rather have, Devin Funches or we'll we'll even take we'll take Nicole Hartman, for example, if they were drafted Nicole Hartman. 
They would say Nicole Harmon. The potential's better, and quite frankly, he's more of a threat. Even though Devin Funches is more of an established veteran. But I mean, even if you took a different team, let's take the Buccaneers, who loaded up their wide receiving core to make a run for the Super Bowl. And you know what? It was kind of the difference in in the playoffs. You know, they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Antonio Brown. Let's see, who else? Um, Scotty Miller. Uh, the amount of tight ends that they have. They have Gronk. They have... Uh, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. O.J. Howard. They, I mean, they, they were just loaded at the YSC record. Granted, I'm not going to discredit Tom Brady's effect on that, where he took less money, or he had, his contract was less, and the fact that the team had a lot of cap space to go out and get those players, and the fact that people want to play with Tom Brady and are willing to take less to play with him because they think that he'll get them a Super Bowl ring. But, I mean, even I'm going to take the, the Falcons even. The Falcons, who granted have not been good the past couple of years, they've supplied Matt Ryan with every style weapon that they could find. Hayden Hurst, they traded for. Drafted Calvin Ridley in the first round. Julio Jones is a first round draft pick. Last year, I think at one point during a couple plays during the season, there was a first round draft pick at every single position on the Falcons offense that was on the field. They got Todd Gurley. Like I said, though, running back, you just want a good, solid to good running back. I would not consider, I didn't consider Todd Gurley at all. Even after they signed him, I thought that was a bad signing. I didn't. I think that his knee is an issue, and quite frankly, he probably should consider retiring, if I'm being honest. But you look at that, those th- three, three teams where, and I'm going to bring back the Falcons again. Falcons have routinely, they just drafted Kyle Pitts drafted weapons or traded for weapons or signed weapons for Matt Ryan. In the past 10 years, the the Packers have only drafted one offensive player in the first round, and it was Jordan Love. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers would love to have Calvin Ridley on his team? The perfect compliment to Devontae Adams. I think that last year the Packers probably would have been in the Super Bowl. Based on how the uh, the Kansas State Chiefs were playing, I would say that they won- would have won. I I'm not sure what's gonna happen with Aaron Rodgers. I'm airing more on the side that he'll play one more year with them. And then he's gone because then it'll be easier for the Packers to manage and trade him. Uh, I think that either he's going to be trade after this year or he he's probably going to retire. And I know certain Packers fans may not like to hear that. Uh, still word around NFL circles is that he's like 70 to 75 percent that chance that he's gone before the start of the season I don't believe that's going to happen just because the Packers literally can't afford to do that I mean people are saying why don't the Falcons release Julio Jones because the cap hit would be nuts why would you pay someone that much money to not be on your team why would they release Aaron Rodgers even if he is being a troublemaker to the Packers, which a justified troublemaker in my opinion. They can't release Aaron Rodgers. They can't trade him. The cap hit would be 
too hard on them and they'd be screwed for this season. They'd be completely screwed. When we return, we will be talking about Tim Tebow and him officially signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, for this last segment, we're going to be talking about Tim Tebow and him signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you haven't heard by now, it's been kind of big news. He signed with the Jaguars on Thursday. And, you know, this is one of the topics that I actually wanted to do the podcast on my phone and talk about these past couple weeks, but I know the quality would have been god-awful, and pretty much, I'm, I'm going to talk, I, I'm a big Tim Tebow fan, I love Tim Tebow, uh, but this is a bad signing, and some people might say I'm negative, and how can I say that? This is not a good signing for a first-time head coach in Urban Meyer. I mean, if he would have hired Tim Tebow to be like a coaching assistant, yeah, understandable. You want to hire one of the guys that you coached about 10 years ago, really 15 years ago, and you kind of just want to hire him be a good friend to him, understandable. But to bring a guy in who hasn't, played football since I think it's 2012 and have him switch positions from quarterback to tight end and sign him I mean that it's a bad look for the Jaguars I think it's bringing a lot of unwanted attention towards a tight end who quite frankly, might not even make the roster instead of made the attention that you'd want on being on your first round, first first overall pick quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tim Tebow. But everyone told him to switch to tight end at the end of his career. Former Jets... uh, quarterback uh, or teammate and quarterback blanking on his name had talked about how the Jets tried switching him to tight end he played one snap with or at tight end and he didn't perform well and that's pretty much how he looked throughout all of practice granted he could have changed and gotten better and worked on his mechanics and everything but I mean <laughs> Tim Tebow Ran a 4-7-140 coming out of college, which for a quarterback, yeah, that, that's a solid speed. You're not fast by any means. You're not slow either, but that's just a solid speed. You're now moving to a tight end position where you're expected to be fast, especially today's tight ends. All the tight ends today are fast tight ends, and... For anyone who's saying, oh, how do you know he didn't get faster? Usually you do not get faster as you get older. You slow down. Your body deteriorates. 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 Sorry. <laughs> but his body, he he's an older guy. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I love Tim Tebow. You know, one one of the fondest football memories in my life is when you know, Tim Tebow threw the uh, first pass in overtime in the wild card game against the Steelers, and it went 80 yards through it to Demarius Thomas, just a strike to Demarius Thomas, and he ran down the sideline, got the touchdown. Tim Tebow runs down, goes down, kneels, prays 
to God. It was a, an awesome image, an awesome moment to watch live. But this is not a good signing for the Jaguars because, like I said, unwanted media attention towards a, I think, 34 is his age, 34-year-old tight end. Uh, I mean, 30, I'm sorry, no, 33, going to be 34-year-old tight end by the start of the season. He will be 34 years old. So, even for, like, tight end standards, that would be an old tight end in the NFL. If he was playing tight end his entire career, uh, Tim Tebow has played quarterback his entire life. He has no experience at tight end. And the reason why this is a bad sign is because I'm sure, I know that there are other players around the league who are very upset by this. Like, how are you going to give the guy who failed in the league another chance nine years later after the fact, and you're just going to change his position? And I could see if Tebow came into camp looking in tip-top shape and everything. Man, he did not look in tip-top shape. Uh, that boy looked thicker than a snicker. Especially in his in his ass and his glutes. And I mean, you want a guy who has a football player who has good sized legs and everything? No, he looked chunky, borderline chunky. This like this is just gonna say like I don't know how they can justify saying, hey, we're trying to get put the best players on the field and have Tim Tebow being there as a tight end for competition. And certain people will say, oh, well, you know, that 90th spot, uh, that player probably wouldn't have made the team anyway. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? They're going to make sure Tim Tebow makes the team because this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to sell jerseys. They're trying to sell Tebow jerseys. Don't be shocked when Gardner Minshew is traded or released from the Jaguars so that way the uh, you can buy the Tim Tebow number 15 jersey right after he was signed not even five minutes later fanatics had the Tim Tebow jersey for sale and it said number to be determined because they know he is not going to be wearing no number 85 and you know I I love Tim Tebow I think it's cool that he's back in the league but for all those people who say, oh, this doesn't matter, it does. It totally does. Because, especially if you're a Jags fan, because I know that most people's last memory of Tim Tebow was him throwing that pass to Demarius Thomas. And how long is it going to be until they someone says, hey, Let's put Tim Tebow in at quarterback. Just for a play. Just just for one. Just see what he can do. And I'm not saying Tim Tebow's going to surplant Ever Lawrence. But that shouldn't even be in the conversation. There should never be a time where they're like, oh, let's put Tim Tebow in at Wildcat. They're like, what? No. No. I, I love Tim Tebow. Like I said, I look forward to to the 30 for 30 on his career you know going from being go, going and playing on fsu with aaron hernandez the pouncy twins uh janoris jenkins who had a body found buried in the back of his yard and so many other people and then there he was like the center of the team the face of the team he had cam newton as a backup and there he is, the face of the team, a big religious guy, kind of an icon, and to go play for the Denver Broncos, get traded to the Jets, bounce around between the uh, the Eagles, the Patriots, go play minor league baseball, be a sportscaster, and then 
to come back into the NFL, I really look forward to the 30 for 30. And I'm sure during some point of the season, the Jaguars are going to get him on the field so that way he can touch a, or catch a touchdown pass. And I look forward, like I said, to the 30 for 30. But the thing is, it is definitely, there are going to be fans who are going to say if Trevor Lawrence struggles even a little bit, they're going to say, we should see what Tim Tebow has at quarterback. Maybe he can still do something. And that should not even, like I said, be in the conversation. Now, something I do want to raise up or raise and bring into the question or bring into the topic is for all those people who say that Tim Tebow deserves that spot, first of all, you're nuts. Secondly, you can no longer say Colin Kaepernick doesn't deserve a position on a football field. And I'll dive more into this on Friday, I'm sure. But Colin Kaepernick, his final year in the league, statistically, he was a top five quarterback. He was dealing with injury. He had no-name receivers that he was throwing to. He didn't have the receivers that are on the Jets right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> The team, <laughs> NFL teams can like no longer say that Colin Kaepernick would be a distraction because look at what Tim Tebow's already doing to the Jaguars. People are talking about him. Uh, Tim Tebow or Colin Kaepernick, I saw during the Tim Tebow discussion was, oh, well, Colin Kaepernick had a four interception game. That's why he's not in the NFL. And he only had thrown like five pass attempts. Guess what? That was a career high game for him for interceptions. Matt Ryan has thrown five interceptions in a game and won that game. It was a career high. It wasn't a good look. But he's done. I'm going to tell you real quick some stats about his final year in the NFL. He had the sixth best Touchdown to interception ratio of all quarterbacks. That is excluding his rushing touchdowns, of course. With that, he'd be higher. He had the 10th highest touchdown percentage in the league with receivers named Jeremy Curley, Torrey Smith, and Vance McDonald. And Vance McDonald has been a solid tight end in his career. throughout, or was a solid tight end throughout his career. But no one was like threatened by him. Torrey Smith... It was at the end of his career. He wasn't a threat. And Jeremy Curley, no one that the 49ers were, was the last team that he played for. Uh, to top it all off, he had a head coach and Chip Kelly who was fired after that season. Then his former head coach, Jim Harbaugh, who everyone has their own opinion on Jim Harbaugh, but Jim Harbaugh, was quoted as saying, you will win Super Bowls with Colin Kaepernick, plural as in multiple, then he's a championship caliber quarterback. Jim Harbaugh didn't have to go out and say that. He, But he did, because he knows what Kaepernick is capable of doing. And I hear all these people who are defending their quarterbacks, who are the middle of the pack QBs, who will say Colin Kaepernick wasn't good enough to be in the NFL and he was a bad quarterback. And my response will be, yeah, he he might be, he might not be good enough to make it on like the Chiefs. But I'd say over half these franchises could definitely use him as a backup. Maybe even a starter. There are certain teams that would be better with him in a, the starting position. I think the Washington football team would be a better team if they had Colin Kaepernick on their team over Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And for those who say, oh, keep politics out of sports and everything, I agree with you. We should. 
let's get rid of also if we're going to keep politics out of sports let's get rid of breast cancer awareness month salute to service month all that because that's all political stuff right there all that helps in the political field oh but that benefits your political image right and politics are okay in sports if they support your political image right no we if you don't want politics in sports we should get rid of that as well because that is political salute to service we give millions of dollars to the military and i'm not i'm not trying to turn this into a po- political podcast at all but if you say keep politics out of sports stick to football all that then you should also be screaming at your tv during breast cancer awareness month during salute to service month because that's that's politics that is all a part of politics and getting back to the main point when you look at how much conversations already been brought up with Tim Tebow you can't say that Colin Kaepernick would be any more of a conversation because my dad who lives in Florida has told me oh they're talking about Tim Tebow all around Jacksonville they're talking about him more than Trevor Lawrence and that's why I'm saying he this is an unnecessary distraction that the Jaguars put on themselves and it kind of makes me question is Urban Meyer in over his head with this position as a head coach maybe he wasn't ready to come to the NFL with a move like that I genuinely question if he's fit to lead the Jaguars and that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad head coach by any means but I mean, you, you can't look at what he just did, having the Jaguars sign Tim Tebow and say, hey, that's going to help us win a lot of games. No, it won't. That being said, I hope you guys have a great week. We will be back on Friday, and we'll see you then. Like I said, have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.